This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And And this this is is The Art Art of of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Okay, Brad. So there could be some people who are listening to this podcast episode thinking to themselves, hmm, have I heard of this cocktail through the art of drinking before? And yes, if you've been following us from the beginning, and I'm talking YouTube beginning when we Years. used to do YouTube videos. <laughs> Years um, ago. <laughs> yeah, we covered this. We covered this cocktail. And I will say, I personally think that this is the perfect definition of not only an underrated cocktail, but an underrated spirit. And Brad, before we start, people can see the name on the podcast episode description, but I want everybody to say it correctly. And so Brad, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you if you can say both the cocktail and the spirit we're using so we never say it wrong again. <laughs> Yeah, this is a tongue twister for sure, especially after you've had a couple, but it's the caipirinha. Caipirinha. Mm-hmm. Caipirinha, and it is made with cachaça. Cachaça. And both are Brazil. Yes, very much Brazil. This is the national spirit mm-hmm. of Brazil and the national drink of Brazil. And it's actually such an awesome awesome drink. I discovered this drink years ago. We're talking like 2006, 7, 8, somewhere in there. I was mm-hmm. doing a dinner at my house and I was doing a Brazilian meal. And so I'm like, well, I got to find something to drink, you know? And so I found the caipirinha and cachaça, right? Cachaça. Mm-hmm. It's like, even when you say it a hundred times, you're still like, they say I know. Right? Well, and we want to get it right so bad too, so we don't mess up on the podcast. So. Oh, yeah, totally. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, you said it wrong. Yeah, bear with us. <laughs> yeah, totally. Anyway, so I found this this drink and made it, and it was like, we drank the crap out of that cachaça that night and really enjoyed our caipirinhas. Mm-hmm. Well, and for people wondering, okay, I feel like a lot of people have never even heard of cachaça. I relate it to rum, wouldn't you say, if people are wondering what it tastes like? Yeah, it's, I'm dipping in a little bit to the, the narrative, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely comes from the rum family. So think about it this way. I shouldn't say it comes from the rum family. Like it's yeah, 500 years old, right? This came out, this was, this was here before rum mm-hmm. and it wasn't actually here. It was down in Brazil, but it is like cognac and pisco are, you know, brandies. You could think of cachaça as rum, but you can't call it rum. You have to call it cachaça. In fact, uh, Brazil is like, hey, look, we prefer if you call it cachaça. It's not Brazilian rum. So it's different, right? right. It's it's still made with sugarcane juice, but... But it's made in Brazil. And, and that's what makes it cachaça is it has to be made in Brazil, which we've seen that a lot of times with spirits. And Oh, actually, I wanted to add, Brad, and I think you'll be proud of me, that this is actually a fact that ever since we did our YouTube years ago, I still bring into fun fact when we are drinking these or if someone asks what cachaça is. So I want to share and Brad jump in if I'm wrong or right. From my understanding, one of the reasons why we don't see cachaça very much in the liquor store, especially like a BevMo or even a Total Wine, I mean, even still you see what, three, four bottles? Yeah, not a lot. Mm -mm. Not a lot. 
And that's because they drink so much of it in Brazil that they keep all the good stuff. They do. It's not exported because it's consumed so much. Right. Yeah. One percent of the, I don't know if it's billions or trillions. That is insane. Of liters. I think it's billions. Billions of the 1.5 billion liters are produced. One percent of that makes it out of Brazil. They drink it so much. That's crazy. I bet you there's some good stuff down there. Damn. That we don't even know about. Oh. Yeah, you don't even know it's out there. And so we're kind of we're kind of stuck with what we can get. And so just know that the cachaça that you get at the liquor store, it, it's, I mean, the original word for this was aguardiente, fire water. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty harsh if you get the stuff that's, you know, like pretty industrial. But the caipirinha is, it just makes it so palatable and it's such a delicious drink. So don't let that scare you off of trying this drink. It's just go get some cachaça and totally. put it in your freezer and just pull it out for caipirinhas and the world is going to be great and you're going to be great and you're going to make this drink and your friends are going to be like, holy crap, what is this? And you're like, ah, oh, it's caipirinha and they well, yeah. drinking told me. And yeah. it's crazy because it's really not rocket science. It's really easy to make and it's delicious every time. You just have to know how to make it right because it's, it's not your normal cocktail recipe. But I will say... If I had to compare it to anything, I I would say it's closest to the mojito, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's pretty darn close to the mojito, really close to the mojito. Now I'm kind of running through the mojito in my my head. Yeah, you just, you're not using any mint. Right. So here's the deal, right? Like you've got lime and you've got a rum-like spirit. There's a lot of different twists to you, like the daiquiri, the mojito, the uh, caipirinha. So these two ingredients just go hand in hand. Even though it's not rum, it's casasha, it's... More or less kind of like rum. So, sorry, Brazil. I'm with you. I'll call it Casasha when it's coming out of Brazil. I'm going to call it rum when it comes out of every place else. Yes. And by the way, there's some other nuances to rum that we'll talk about. But for now, let's just leave it there. Cool. Well, on this episode, we're going to go through the classic Caipirinha cocktail recipe. I'm going to do a Cachaça Brazilian Lemonade. Ooh, I like it. I know. You're going to give us the history. And then our tip section is going to be how to survive a hangover. So I I think we got a good, (laughs) yeah, I think we got a good show ahead of us. So stick around. And now let's make some cocktails. All right, Brad, I am going to let you teach the people how to make this right the first time. So walk me through it. Walk me through it step by step. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take that bottle of Aguardiente de Cana, which is, let's call it Casasha, and we are going to put that in the freezer because it's just going to be really good coming out of that freezer ice cold. By the way, while we're at it, let's let's go ahead and throw our double rocks glass in there. Some people might make this in like a Collins glass I like a double rocks glass. A lot of people put it in a short glass. I believe that's the way it should roll. All right, so now you're going to take a lime and you're going to go from end to end or pole to pole, however you want. You got the little nub in the bottom and the little nipple on the top, right? You're going to cut from the top to the bottom. You're going to cut that lime in half. And then you're going to quarter that lime widthwise. Again, you're going to cut it again. So you're going to half to half mm-hmm. from top to bottom. And now you've got two lime wedges, right? And then you're going to cut the pith out of the lime because you don't want pith in your lime at this point. And that's that white spine that's going to run up and down that lime. You're going to cut that out, okay? 
And then you're just going to take those two quarters, right? The other half a lime you've, you've set off to the side. And you're going to cut those up into six more pieces. So put the quarters together, run your knife across the, the lime three more times width-wise now. And now you should have six pieces if it's a big enough lime. It's eight, whatever, right? The mm -hmm. point is you're chunking this thing up into smaller pieces. All right. So now you're going to take those six or more pieces and you are going to drop them in your cocktail shaker. Now you're going to take three bar spoons, which is equal to one tablespoon of sugar. And if you want to use bar sugar, even better, that, that kind of finer stuff. And you're going to dump that in the cocktail shaker. And then you're going to take your muddler. And you are going to muddle the crap out of this. And when you muddle, you press and you twist, you press and you twist. You don't stab, you're not killing it, you're not murdering it, you're muddling it, yes. right? So press, twist, press, twist, and just muddle the crap out of that. And you just mm -hmm. want to get all the juice out of those limes and the oils out of the skins and kind of get all that stuff mixing around and incorporated. There's something that's called wet ice, and that's ice that's maybe sat out for a little bit, so it gets wet. So if you're using wet ice then you don't do this thing that I'm about to tell you. If you're using ice directly out of the freezer and it's nice and kind of dry on the outside, mm -hmm. you're going to add about a half ounce of water, cold water to your mixture as well, okay? So you're going to pour all of this into your double rocks glass and then you're going to take two ounces of your ice cold cachaça out of the freezer. You're going to put that back into your shaker tin that you muddled in and you're going to swirl it around. So now you want to get all the remaining sugar and lime bits out of that shaker tin. You're going to pour that into your glass. And then you're going to go and you're going to add ice and you're going to stir the drink. So we incorporate all the flavors and everything's getting all nice and mixed up. And by now, a little ice is melted. So then you're going to top off with even more ice. And then you're going to garnish this with, if you have it, a little sugarcane stick. Ooh. If you don't, you can just do a lime wheel and boom, that's it. Or a lime wedge. I feel like it's really easy once you see it too. Sounds like a lot of steps, but it's not. It's not. It's not. And so we'll uh, we'll have to post a video, Brad. Maybe you'll do it and uh, walk through. Because once you see it, you'll be like, oh, that's super mellow, super easy. I think the hardest part is just understanding how to cut the limes. And once yeah. you see how to cut the limes, you're like, you, you'll never not know how to do it again. Yeah. When you cut the limes, what you want to see are like the half moon things, not the pinwheel. The right. pinwheel is when you like go across the line mm -hmm. widthwise. You get the half moons when you go pole to pole. Yes. So and that's when you expose the the pith, and it's easy to get out that way. No, that's great. That's easy, and I would like one right now. I know. I it's know. So good. It's so refreshing. I mean, come on. You're literally using such fresh ingredients. That's that's one of the reasons why I love this so much. You can't use fake lime juice in this, so you're you're forced to use fresh, and I think it'll uh, you'll enjoy it. Are you ready for our Brazilian lemonade? Bring it on. Okay, so this isn't a Joint Jewels original. Brazilian lemonade has been around forever. I, I don't know the history behind it, but I know that this is a very popular recipe. And for those of you who have no idea what a Brazilian lemonade is, let me walk you through it. So essentially, what you're going to need is a blender, and you're going to need two lemons and two limes. And you are actually going to cut them the same way that you would for your caipirinha, just how Brad explained it. So you're going to do two of them, lemons, limes, cut like Brad said. From there, you're going to put that in your blender. You're going to do about a half cup of sweetened condensed milk. 
Some people do like it sweeter, so you can you can add in a little bit more, but I always like to start there, and if I need to add more, you can. Um, and then you're gonna add in four cups of water. So you have all of that in your blender. And what you're gonna wanna do, and this is this is important, you are going to want to blend for about 10 to 15 seconds at high speed, and that's it. You don't wanna blend too much because you don't want all of the bitterness of the, the pith of the, of the skins to really come out. You really just wanna almost like pulse it for 10 to 15 seconds. From there, you're gonna see it's gonna be kind of frothy, it's gonna be creamy. You're gonna strain this through a fine mesh strainer, discard the solids, and I actually, as I as I was going through this recipe, one thing I want to do with the solids, since I'm trying to limit my waste, I might throw the solids in a weck jar or mason jar and throw in some tequila or vodka in there and just kind of like let it infuse for a couple of days. Ooh, just hey. you know, why not? Let's let's experiment with those. But once you are finished straining, that is your Brazilian lemonade. So if you aren't trying to do any booze, it is delicious on its own. You will want to drink it right away, but it's it's freaking delicious. I can't stress how good this lemonade is. But for our cocktail, what we're going to do is we're going to add in four ounces of that Brazilian lemonade to an ounce and a half of our cachaça. We're going to just shake that a little bit, and then we're going to strain it into a final glass filled with ice and garnish with a couple of lime wheels Make it look all pretty. You don't need much here, but you're going to have this like creamy lemonade spiked with cachaça. And it's easy, it's light, it's refreshing, but most of all, it's super fresh. So there you go. So I'm thinking about saving the bits. Yeah, you, that got your wheels turning, huh? <laughs> it did, it did. So the condensed milk was there when you did that. Yeah, I want. have you done that yet? Have you tried I, it? I haven't yet, no. I'm, I'm going to... And I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. I mean, it'll be sweet because you'll have the sweetness from the condensed milk in the the solids that's going to be left in your fine mesh strainer. If you can clarify a cocktail, why not? Like, yeah, give that a whirl. I want to know what that's like. Right? I'll report back. But yeah, I, I'm trying not to waste as much. And and the easiest thing I think to do is is really infuse some stuff. So, And vodka is okay. the easiest one to do first because there's... There's nothing there. I mean, yeah, it needs a little personality. Boring. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, vodka just gets beat on. I know. <laughs> in our podcast, I know. Just, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's but... got its place, but honestly, it's like, uh-huh. yeah, we can do. Vodka better. was a big deal, like mid 2000s, when there was like this thing about vodka and Russian bars, and oh, it's great to eat oysters and drink vodka, and I mean, like, I'm not going to complain. I still would, but yeah. But let's infuse it. Russia's got a bit of a PR problem right now. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Well, let's. Uh, that sounds delicious, Jules. I'm kind of. I'm excited. I might try this little Brazilian lemonade. I know. Two super refreshing drinks, both using cachaça and limes. But Brad, I'm curious. Are we doing our history lesson on the caipirinha or cachaça or both? Yeah, we're gonna have to do both because the history on the caipirinha is fairly short. So I'm going to talk about Kasasha, which I think is a little bit more interesting anyways. I'm ready for you to bring it. All right. We have our cocktails at the ready. And so it is time for you, Uncle Brad, to give us our history lesson. Let me tell you. Well, like I said in the last segment, the history on the Caipirinha is brief. Mm-hmm. And the history on cachaça is, I think, a bit more interesting. Anyway, so let me let me give you the, the drink first. The origins are 
are really unknown. I mean, we know it came from Brazil, and consensus in the academic communities who study these kinds of things, people like me, say that it was invented kind of in the interior of Sao Paulo, Brazil, around 1918. Somebody put lime juice, cachaça, and sugar together and said, hey, that tastes pretty good. I have a feeling maybe that was being put together a long time ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> but 1918 is about when they said, yeah, we think this is when the drink, the cocktail was officially invented. So it could be, right? Yeah. People were influenced by cocktails and they said, hey, you know what? This actually needs to be a cocktail and boom. So there it is. starts making its way around. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough one because it is. It's such easy ingredients that I feel like we're so readily available. Totally. Yeah. Now, some say that it was Alentejo, Portugal, that inspired the Caipirinha because they had a drink that was made from aguar, diente de cana, and lemon, garlic, and honey. Ooh. And that was medicine for the Spanish flu. Others say it was based on a drink called poncha from Madeira, Portugal, which is a small island, and that was made with aguardiente de cana, honey, sugar, and orange juice or lemon juice. Mm, that sounds and sometimes better. they used other uh, other juices as well. And that was used to cure the common cold. So we've got mm. one curing the Spanish flu, we got one curing the common cold, and then we got Perfect. one that was invented in Brazil. So people are like, yeah, it was probably born from the inspiration from these two drink ideas. Right. But Brazil is, is where it was uh, truly born. Now, what is aguar diente de cana? That is fire water from cane or sugar. So it's rum, right? It's spirit. Well, let me back up. It's not rum yet. Okay. okay. And I, I should really tell you the differences. So rum, most rum is made from molasses. Aguar diente de cana and cachaça and rum agricole, which gets confusing now. That's all made from sugar cane juice. So when you make sugar, you take the cane, the stock, and you press it, and out comes juice. And then what you do is you dry that juice. And when you dry that juice, that turns into sugar crystals. Well, it also can be distilled because, gee whiz, yeast likes sugar Mm -hmm. and likes to make alcohol when it consumes sugar in liquid form. And so somebody got the bright idea at one point to like, hey, look, let's distill this, right? This is all taking place on this island in Madeira, which is this the small island, which is now a Portuguese property, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it's off the coast of Morocco, okay? And Madeira is significant. And if you're thinking like, is that related to Madeira wine? And the answer to that is absolutely yes, as well as Agua Diente de Cana. Now, Madeira was like, they, they cultivated and produced sugarcane and produce sugar on the island of Madeira, which back in the 1400s, 1500s, I mean, sugar was big business. And this little island was one of the leading producers of sugar in the world. Hmm. And sugar production was such a big deal to the Portuguese economy that when the Americas were discovered, the Portuguese took their sugar production, went to Brazil because they needed more land. And they, they shifted sugar production over to Brazil. And with that, they brought slaves and slaves learned how to distill from the people that they were slaves for, the Europeans. And they started to make aguardiente kind of on the side, right? And this aguardiente became popular with 
the slaves. It became popular with the people who owned the land that the slaves worked on. And then it eventually made its way through towns and into cities. And it develops this name, Kashasa, and boom, like this stuff becomes the national, if you would, I mean, national drink yet of, of Brazil, because Brazil's not even a country yet. But it's like this, it's like this big deal, right? But it's mostly in the Sao Paulo region. What ends up happening is they end up making so much cachaça now that it becomes so valuable that they're now trading cachaça back with the rest of Europe and the rest of the world. Sadly, oftentimes they're trading cachaça for more slaves. And so cachaça and slavery is really tightly linked together. Now, cachaça becomes so popular that the Portuguese government says, hey, look, over here, we're making something called bagaceira, bagaceira, which is a distillate made from grape skins, and which is a lot like grappa. And this is a very important part of the Portuguese economy. Well, this is now being eclipsed by the consumption of cachaça because you've got all these people over in the new world drinking cachaça and not importing their, I'm going to air quote, grappa. Mm-hmm. So the Portuguese, Portuguese government taxes heavily the sales and the producers and the consumers. So cachaça becomes really expensive to both make as well as drink. Well, this upsets a lot of people. And that leads to a revolt in 1660 called the Revolta de Cachaça. And so they revolt against the Portuguese government. And in the meantime, Cachaça has developed all of these nicknames and stuff like these code words. So there are actually 2,000 different names no for Cachaça. Yeah, Jeez. because they had to hide that they were making this from the Portuguese government. And some of those names are like, like the heart opener and holy water and tiger breath and all of these are said in Portuguese. Anyways, so you've got this underground movement leads to a revolt. Now cachaça becomes super popular because other people are hearing about this revolt and people are like, well, what is this stuff? Mm-hmm. So it spreads from Sao Paulo over to Rio de Janeiro and then up to Minas. I'm sorry, it's Mena Gerais. Mena Gerais looks like Minas Geras, but it's Mena Gerais. And manager rice is up in the mountains. So they're producing cachaça as well. However, gold is discovered up in these mountains. So that local economy switches from producing cachaça mm-hmm. to producing gold. Like they were like, right. they shifted, like, you know, they're, they're trying to extract gold now from the ground. But their thirst for cachaça does not go away. <laughs> of course not. So they are shipping now cachaça, which is an unaged spirit. In wooden barrels to Mena Jurais, Mena Jurais. And when they get off the, the wagons and they start to consume the cachaça that's now been sitting in barrels, they're like, ho, ho, what do we have here? <laughs> like, this is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. God, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. <laughs> and so now they've discovered that if you age the cachaça, it actually tastes really good. And mm-hmm. so today, when you go look for cachaças, there is the blanca or prata, which is the white. In Portuguese, it's branca, which means white or prata means silver. Or you have the oro, which is the gold, the stuff that's been aged. And the white oftentimes is served to kind of like, like a lesser refined taste, whereas the stuff that's sat in a barrel, that's kind of like something you would sip on. And to this day, people in the lowlands prefer the white cachaça in Brazil 
Whereas people up in the highlands and up in the mountains where, where this, this town was, this Minas Gerais, they prefer their cachaça aged. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. So this is pretty good stuff, right? So, okay, 1850 rolls around and slavery is in decline and there's a increased production now of coffee in Brazil. And there's like this a new elite social group that starts to evolve because people are becoming more and more wealthy in Brazil. And they start to swear off the things that remind them of what it used to be in Brazil, like farming and agricultural things. And so like cachaça is one of those things that they kind of look as that's something that poor people drink. We don't drink cachaça here. However, like academics and artists and intellectuals, they're all like, dude, cachaça is intertwined with who Brazil is. This is a part of our history. We will not give up our taste for cachaça. So they continue to consume and promote. And then eventually the 1900s roll around. This drink is invented, the caipirinha. And cachaça kind of continues to roll. And the people of Brazil love it so much, but it's not really making it out of the country. And then it starts to kind of trickle out of the country. And as we know now, only 1% of that actually hits the market that the rest of us can consume. There's like so many great cachaças down there. And this is like a reason alone to go visit Brazil, right? In 1996, President Fernando Henrique Cardoso legitimized cachaça as a product of Brazil. Mm -hmm. So just like tequila is a product of Mexico, cachaça is now a product of Brazil or champagne is a product of Champagne, France. By the way, did you hear about the champagne of beers, how like France all of a sudden took notice of Miller High Life, how they say they're the champagne of beers? Did you hear about that? No. Oh, it was like, I, I think it was like within this year that... The French government, there was a shipment of Miller High Life coming in and they seized the shipment and destroyed the beer because it said the champagne of beers on it. No way. Yeah. Damn. Anyways. French are crazy. That just goes to show you, people take this stuff seriously. Totally. So totally. Don't go making tequila in America and try calling it tequila. No. Don't go try making cachaça in America and call it cachaça. So cachaça can only be produced in Brazil. And in 2011, they estimate that there were some, and I mean, so a long time ago, even then they estimated there's probably 40,000 producers of cachaça. Wow. Yeah. So in 2013, the Brazilian government approaches the United States and says, hey, we don't much care for you calling it Brazilian rum. It is cachaça. So we want you to call it cachaça if you are going to sell it in the United States. And so sure enough, we no longer call it Brazilian rum here in the United States. We call it cachaça. Yeah. As we should. Yeah. No, 100%. It's like, I, I hate that we have to do that sometimes because people think it'll sell better. It's like- Just call it what it is. Call it what it call is. Call it what it is. So here's the deal. If you go to look for it in the liquor store, it's going to be by the rums. Yes. So, That's and true. in some circles, you could say Brazilian rum. People will know exactly what you're talking about, but it is truly cachaça. And just do Brazil the honor of saying cachaça. You know, they, it's their product. For God's sake, it's got a rich history. Like, give it the respect it deserves and give it its name. Totally. Now, here's, here's something else that's kind of fun. Brazilians, on average, consume 11.5 liters of cachaça per year. Yeah, that's uh, almost a liter a month. Oh my God. That's, Good on you. Yeah. Good on you. Wow. I wonder if that's a secret like Italians with a glass of wine a day. Oh, totally. I think I haven't counted it up. But if you think about, and by the way, I hope my doctor's not listening or my insurance company for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, health yeah, insurance yeah. company. I don't know. I mean, you know, it might be pretty easy to get to a liter each month, but. I mean, if that's all, if that's all you're drinking. I don't want to put pencil paper. 
Yeah, like if you're not drinking <laughs> any other kind of cocktail or anything like that, yeah, it makes sense. The numbers, I could see how the numbers could add up. Now, this is also the third most produced alcohol in the world. That's insane. And we only get 1%. So I think we got to increase our demand here. Totally. Drink more caipirinhas. Come on. I would love to go and see what cocktails they're making outside of that one. Yeah, I would too. So I could tell you, just kind of like the old fashioned, mm -hmm. right? The caipirinha is a vast world that we in the United States seem to think, well, it's just limes and, and sugar. Right. But you can actually mix it with lots of different fruits. You can mix it with passion fruit. You can put pomegranate in there, strawberry. I bet you their drinks are so freaking fresh too. Oh, yeah. There is a full-on caipirinha culture, obviously, in Brazil. But like when you go to a, a restaurant and you look at a menu, there's not just one variety, there's multiple varieties, and also ones that are made with more artisanal cachaças, as well as maybe some of the more kind of more industrial produced. And by the way, that's two categories also that cachaça goes by is industrial, which again is, is meant for the poorer people. And I think you can get like a liter of that for like $1.50 in Brazil, $1.50 US. Jeez. Whereas the artisanal is uh, artisanal is more of a refined taste and meant to be more of a small batch. And those, some of those can run up to $500 Jesus. US. Brad, it sounds like we need to go to Brazil. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's face facts. Yeah. Uh, we, we need to go to Brazil. We need to take, we need the to podcast take this podcast. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we need to get to Brazil and be like, hey, in the name of research, we are here to liberate Cachaça. If anyone from Brazil, from Brazil share it with the rest of us. Yeah, wants to bring us out, we will we will cancel all plans and meet you there. So there you go. That is cachaça. That's awesome. That's amazing. I I really do. I I wish I had a better palate for cachaça, but we don't even. I mean, the odds are literally against us for that. Even if we wanted to, I will tell you, I have purchased some more artisanal cachaça, and that was Fogo Novo. Okay, or is it Novo Fogo? Maybe it's Novo Fogo. Okay. Either way, they had one that was aged in zebra wood, and they had another one that was Whoa. aged in oak. And I don't know if it was French oak. I think it was French oak. Okay. So one was a gold, and one, what the one in the French oak was a gold, and the one that was aged in zebra wood had almost kind of like a red hue to it, which came from the zebra wood. Both of those were delicious. We cracked that bottle out. Was, oh, yeah. I see it right here. Novo Fogo. You're right. It retails for about $35.99. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. So the zebra wood one is really interesting and it's a good sipper. Also makes a great caipirinha. Curiata has Novo Fogo, curiata.com. You can order it on there. And I don't know about Drizzly, but I kind of have a feeling it's it's tough. I feel like you, yeah. you got to know and maybe order. So what, Brad, for this podcast, why don't we do some digging and give a list on the website of some that you can look out for in the United States? We'll do that. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. That'll, be in the, that'll be in the description. So by the time you hear this, it's already in the description. Yes. There you go. Well, okay. Shall we give a hangover cure for those who are going to be drinking one too many caipirinhas? I think that is a good idea. All right. Our tip of the day. This is a fun one because I get asked not too much, but enough hangover remedies. And I actually think it at my old age, I do kind of have it down. Yeah, Jules, I mean, this is, I don't even know why we're going here. It's easy. It's McDonald's, <laughs> huge oh. Diet Coke. <laughs> so that, that's Brad's tip. <laughs> like, right. You see me eating a McDonald's cheeseburger? 
I have uh, definitely tied one on the night before. <laughs> there are people who will follow Brad. I go in a different route. I'm going to be honest, Brad, but I support you in that endeavor. I do. I do. There's no judgment. Okay. I have a step-by-step process. Are we ready? Yes. Step number one, and this is the most difficult step, and if you skip it, which you most likely will, just listen to the rest of it. But Step number one, for every drink you have, it could be a glass of wine, it could be a full cocktail. Once you finish that drink, drink a full glass of water. That is 100% true. Oh, man, it is the, the hardest more water one. you have in your system whilst you are imbibing, the better. Yes. So people who drink a lot of water suffer less from hangovers. And I'm talking this in general. So if you're somebody who just enjoys like drinking a lot of water, yeah. you're in good shape. Yeah. But especially when you start drinking, have water right there with you. You always, 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 always want water. And if you think you can get away with not having water, you are wrong, so wrong. You're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that's that goes without saying. I mean, it's a one-on-one ratio, right? But things happen. Here's what, what I do. So with my last drink of the night or right when I get home, I put an electrolyte. I like LMNT is a great brand. I put a whole electrolyte and I just throw that thing back. I uh, have an electrolyte right before bed. The other thing I do and this is actually exciting, Brad. I've started taking the drinking buddies. And we, yeah, yeah no, they're they're great. And we actually, we've kind of been working with them, just like understanding their brand and their product and why it works. And it's a husband and wife team. They're amazing. We actually got a coupon code for everybody. So if you go to, <laughs> I know, if you go to That's, drinking like, buddy. Okay, before you, before you give a coupon code, this is funny because- I didn't read your notes and I didn't know you're talking about them. But yeah. I was like, oh my God, drinking buddy is perfect. No. So before totally. you before you give that coupon code out, I gotta tell one story. Okay. <laughs> so when we first started talking to these guys, I think a year ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they sent us some some samples. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch of my neighbors over. And I think we had about 10 people here. Yeah. And I mean, I think I was like testing out espresso martinis and I was going through just a library of drinks that we were gonna make for the podcast yeah. last year. And I mean, People walked out of here sideways, for sure, like sideways. And I handed out Drinking Buddy to everybody. The next day, people were texting me like, oh my God, that were, like I'm not hungover. And by the way, we were not keeping up with our water No, you weren't doing the one-to-one <laughs> ratio. No. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. Mm-mm. Now, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, hey, Drinking Buddy like totally gives you a pass on water. You still need water. Totally. And before I went to bed, I chugged a little. But I'm telling you, I woke up and I was like, I feel great. I feel no. great. So this stuff works. I'm telling you, me, my neighbors, will all get up there on stage and say, yes, it works. Yeah. I had a buddy too who was staying with us and I gave him drinking buddy and he now swears by it. He even took some from my house to bring home with him. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> sure. You can take some. No, Can't get so, it online. Yeah. Geez. Totally can. Yeah, yeah. Just take mine. It's fine. But seriously, and people might be wondering, okay, like what is it? Now, don't get me wrong, like Brad said, it's not a cure-all, but what it does is is you're going to take that right before bed or with your last drink of the night. And what it does is it actually helps you metabolize the alcohol when you're sleeping. And so it will work for some and for others, it'll help maybe dull it a little bit more. But I love taking these, even if I have a glass of wine, because red wine gives me the worst headache, even if I have one glass, this helps so much. So coupon code, we have one. If you go to drinkingbuddy.com and check out, 
You get 10% off if you use the code Art of Drinking. So put that in, 10% off. Check it out. Let us know if you like it, but they're great. Actually, please let us know. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, leave comments, if you will. Send us a message on Instagram. Yeah. I'm telling you, I swear by this stuff. I know. I really, really do. I'm pretty good about managing not to not get hung over. And I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there who's going to take one who's like, oh, I still it doesn't work, hurt right. myself. Sure, right? I mean, aspirin doesn't work for everybody too, but I'm telling you, 10 out of 10 people at my table yep. <laughs> called me the next day or texted me and said, oh my God, that worked. So I'm a believer. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so that's your pre, that's your pre-night ritual, you know, if you've been drinking. So now in the morning, what I'm going to want you to do, take that other electrolyte package, but I actually have a tonic that just kind of just puts a pep in my step of, whew, okay, I'm feeling better. The sweats are gone, right? <laughs> <laughs> the hangover sweats. I mean, it's a thing. Those are the worst. So you, it's, it's my tonic. And what you're going to want to do is grab a, a tall glass and fill it up with ice, and you're going to add in some fresh juice. Now, I like to use grapefruit juice. You can use fresh orange juice, but fresh citrus juice is what you're going to want. You're then going to do generous amounts of dashes of bitters. It's truly up to you. Don't do two. Do, do a generous amount of bitters. No, yeah, you really got to put some bitters in there. Totally. And then top with tonic because that little bit of sugar in the tonic, it does. It, it kind of helps. It helps the, the hangover sweats. Let's, let's be real. But yeah, mix that together, sip that, and hopefully at that point, you'll be ready to have a good day. Yeah. Those are my kind of remedies. And hey, listen, folks, if you listened to the last episode or the episode before that, we talked about Angostura bitters being developed as a stomach tonic to help with indigestion. Bitters really works. They have an actual medicinal purpose. And so certain ones will definitely make you feel better. Well, I think the bitter tonic is like a bartender's hangover remedy. Like that's that's what they do. Had a few of those in my day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, do with all that information as you will. But that's what works for me. Brad, yours is McDonald's Sammy and a, and a Coke, which <laughs> there is nothing like a Coke when you're hungover. Yeah. Yeah. Like full on sweats. Yeah. Oh, God, that's the worst. Yeah. Meat sweats. And I can't like, man, hangovers for me now are like two days long. They used to be, I, for one, I never used to get hungover. And then when I started to get hungover... It just, it seems like it just gets increasingly, increasingly worse as I get older. So for those of you who are still young, oh, you just wait. But that's what I'm saying. I, and I, I'm not trying to sell anybody on this, but I will say it, the drinking buddy, even if you have a glass of wine, because red wine gives me the nastiest headache for like the full day, even if I have one glass, that yeah. alleviates that. Yeah, I, I'm, I, we wouldn't talk about it if it didn't work. Honestly, God, I mean, Jules and I, you and I talked about this a year ago and stuff and- yeah. Like full transparency, we're like, I don't know if we want to do like, you know, kind of those things like coupon code things. Like, you know, we're right. kind of like, it would be great if you could sponsor us directly. Right. But what, why I'm saying that is it gives us the ability to say, you know what? Sure, I'll talk about this because I actually believe in it. And, and I like those guys. But the product literally works. Yep. I'm telling you, it works. Yeah. Yep. And so does the tonic. I'm telling you, yeah, it works. All right. There, there you go. I hope you don't have any issues drinking water in a caipirinha. Mm, a one water, and right? one. <laughs> <laughs> ah, all right. That's it. That's all I got. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry, we will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjewels.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at 
The Art of Drinking podcast. And of course, find Jules at Join Jules or Cigars and Vino. That's me also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jules Cocktail Club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts. 